and we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, we have finally had our one shining moment. A national champion has been crowned and what has, un, you know, unarguably been the most wildest tournament we've had in NCAA history. A champion has been crowned, as I said, and we'll have to see now how where it goes for some of these conferences, maybe some of these mid-majors, as we saw in the Final Four. And we'll have to see because we see a kind of a big, big-time power conference once again claims another national championship. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And you know, I did a lot of thinking, Nick. The only conference or the only NCAA uh, tournament I can think of that was crazier in the last forty years, at least tournament game, at least final game wise, was when Villanova, number eight seeded Villanova, upset number one nationally ranked Georgetown uh, back in right. the eighties, back in nineteen eighty five. Yeah, Patrick Ewing. Right. And the title of that game, the, the headlines was Villanova versus God. Yeah. So I think that's the only crazier um, NCAA tournament final I can think of in the last 40 years. Yeah, I think I, I don't tend to disagree with you. I mean, the comparing to what teams that we had in this final four, it was absolutely wild going into it. We knew that this tournament would bring some big time, you know, upset and some memorable moments. And we pretty much got that there the entire way. And it led to the Final Four, which happened this past Saturday with Florida Atlantic and San Diego State taking on each other in the first game. And a game that not many people expected going into that Final Four for a trip to the National Championship. But the Aztecs of San Diego State holding on by a point 72-71 to to reach their first ever National Championship game. And the Owls, you know, Cinderella run, if you want to call it that, ends there. But there's a lot to be looked upon. and you know, say that, you know what, this is something that's built upon going into future years for the Owls. Yeah, they play in Conference USA. It's, it is a mid-major, but it's not one of the lower mid-majors. Conference USA usually has some good basketball, UAB, Western Kentucky. So they have some competition, at least right. in-house, at in Conference USA. It's not top-tier con- uh, competition, but I would say it's... Uh, I would say it's a level below the A-10, which is considered to be the higher echelon of mid-major basketball. But Florida Atlantic, great season. Losing on a buzzer beater, unfortunately. They really could have had a magical moment, but I don't think anyone had them winning the whole championship or even getting to the Final Four. But preseason-wise, we're going to go on this uh, later in the show, but the way too early to predict top 25. FAU getting a lot of top 10s, a lot of top 15s, so a lot of analysts are saying we're going to stick around next year. Yeah, I mean, you have to think that they're going to be in contention considering how good of a season they had. They had 30 wins in the regular season going into this tournament, and they were ranked a 9 seed, which a lot of people were you know, very questioning about going into that seeding. And we, we've talked about it a lot about how the NCAA how and the seeding – Exactly, how bad the seeding could have been or was, I should say, in this tournament. And Florida Atlantic was one of those key you know, components of, of that you know, statement being made. But – they proved their, you know, their worth. They got to the net, the final four, and they were one, pretty much one basket away. They lose on a buzzer beater, in heartbreaking fashion. They were literally one shot away from being in the national championship game. Yeah, uh, shout out to San Diego State, though. This is finally the run that people expected back in twenty twenty when COVID uh, canceled the tournament. They expected the right. one seed make it to the final four. And this is the run that they deserved a couple of years ago. Sucks a lot of those players and those seniors that year did not get a chance to do this, but looks really good for the Mountain West, and they're definitely here to stay too. 
Yeah, and Lamont Muller hits the game winner against the Owls to send them to the national championship game. And in that national championship game, they would face the winner of Miami versus UConn. And the UConn Huskies, you got to like what they've been playing. I, we was talk about them a lot going into this preview of the Final Four, even before that, going into this tournament. They have looked like a great team, all in all, ever since they lost in the semifinals of the Big East tournament. They beat Miami handily, 72-59, to to advance to another national championship appearance to take on the Aztecs, which we'll recap in just a little bit. But, Johnson, UConn has just looked really good, and it's a tough break for Jim Laranega. I mean, he had a great opportunity with the Miami Hurricanes. They got another great run here. Unfortunately, they just fall to a better team in UConn. Now, if you're Jim, you're 73 years old, you have two Final Fours, um, do you retire? Oh, man. I, I don't think, he's such, I, I, I don't I don't think so yet, but he's, him, but he's getting close. I don't want to bet against him, but I don't think he's going to get his title at Miami. This was probably one of the best shots he had. and I think you could retire on a high note here because I remember years ago or a couple of years ago, people were calling for his head, want him to get fired. He had a bunch of mediocre seasons uh, going back five, six years. And this, he could, you know, leave on a positive note. The alumni would love him. And he, I don't know. It's such, it's such a tough call. If him, if I'm him, I, I would call it, a, I would call it a career. I, I feel like, I feel like I'd, if he's gonna I'd keep going, it'd be, yeah. I think if if he stays, it's probably another two or three years at, at the most. Can't be anything longer than that. But listen, Miami's they they had a great run. I mean, not a lot of people expected them to get there, including myself. I thought Texas would beat them in the Elite Eight. That was not the case. And they ju- it just you know Adama Sonogo was a big reason why UConn won this game. He's been a huge reason why they've been in the position that they're in right now at the moment. In this game, he had twenty one points and ten rebounds. He's been a monster for the Huskies, and he's a huge reason why they went to the national championship game. Yeah, we said it uh, earlier in the podcast uh, that UConn was looking like 2016, 2017, 2018 Villanova. Just absolutely rolling everyone on their way to the title game. Yeah. A- average margin of victory wasn't even close. Want to hear wild stat? Yeah. Uh, in Big East play, under 10 points a game was the average margin of victory. Under 10 yeah. points a game. So every game was hard fought. Out of conference? Above fifteen, yeah. So Big East teams kept them within single digits. A lot they had a lot of losses. Big East teams they had time to figure them out. But man, when they got any conference outside of a outside of the Big East, did not stand a, a, have a prayer against UConn. Yeah, I mean, listen, the the Big East had a lot of good teams this season, and UConn has been a great representative for them in showing that by getting to this stage and this point in the season, and because of that, it's getting the Big East a lot of revenue and. A lot of exposure for maybe future players wanting to, you know, go to the Big East and want to contend with these teams and see where they can go from there. You so, know what I do? We'll have to see. You know what I do in the beginning of March? Or I shouldn't say the beginning of March, but like the middle of March every year, right after what? Selection Sunday, I watch the infamous documentary now. Oh, yeah, I know uh, you're going 30 for 30, Requiem for the Big East. Yep. Like, that was the eulogy of the Big East. It was a dead conference produced by ESPN, the Darling Boys, ACC, uh, Poised to pick up the future. The Big East was dead. Um, do you want to know who, since that aired, who has the most national championships? The Big East now. Big East. It is the Big East now. Yeah. And it's uh, they've won three out of the last nine. Yeah, and you're kind of alluding to what happened in this past Monday's national championship game between the Aztecs and the Huskies. UConn takes down the banner. They win their fifth national championship, beating San Diego State 76-59. to Another double-digit win. For the Huskies, 
Sonogo, again, had another double-double in that game. He was huge, as well as Tristan Newton, who also had a double-double in the game. The Huskies winning their fifth national championship. Danny Hurley said this a couple years ago. He said, do not give us a chance because we're going to be making moves and getting to this point in the season. And he's done just that. He brings UConn their fifth title. He gets his first championship as the UConn Huskies head coach. So there's been a lot of debate now. Is UConn a blue bud? I would say so, 100%. I don't know if they're blue blood. So the definition... In the last 25 years, 100%. Yes, I would say in the last 25 years, 100% hands down, they would fit that definition. Before that, you have the argument. I get get that. that. That's why. So the argument was the historical success of UConn. UConn had no... Historical has no historical success outside right. of the last 25 years. Granted, the last 25 years is the most important, but that is where the argument's coming. The Kansases, the uh, Duke, North Carolina, the Kentuckys, Indiana. I mean, here's the thing. You can consider Indiana to be a blue blood because of its historical success and relevancy. But the last 25 years of IU basketball has been absolutely terrible. Yeah. So that's where the argument comes in now. I think when you look at is a Michigan blue blood, State, is Michigan State a blue blood? Because a lot of people do, but they have won national championship in the last twenty five years. I consider a blue blood to be you know you're in contention for national championship or you're winning national championships, but you have to have that the iconic coach if that makes sense. Like Duke has so Coach K, have, so you kind of see exactly like they have Jim Calhoun. Um, what, what was I say? UNC had Roy Williams. Kansas has Bill Self. Like if you you have to have now not only are you in contention for a championship, but you have that iconic coach that solidifies that team and that brand for that for like the past whatever years it is or just in general for history. I think it's going to take another decade for Connecticut. I think they're there right now, but for the general consensus, they keep this up for another decade. Not winning national championships, but Sweet Sixteens, yeah. making the tournament every year. Elite eights and the occasional Final Four run. I think in a decade, Ben, it's undoubtedly yes, and you have to accept it at that point. Well, you would have to think that they're going to be a team to look at going into next season for the national championship picture. I don't know because it's weird. It's hard to repeat. It's really, it's 100% hard to repeat. It's really going to depend on how many players UConn can bring back and who they can bring in to add to this already solid team. Because we knew UConn going into the year was going to be a contender that they had a lot of injuries, and that's where they kind of threw you off and said, all right, you know what? I don't know if they're really that team that we thought that they were at the beginning of the season, but if they get healthy, maybe, just maybe, they get back to that picture. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I had UConn probably as a two or a three seed. I thought they were under seed at four. I thought that was kind of ridiculous and disrespectful, especially when you base off what they did in the non-conference. They absolutely dominated any non-conference opponent they faced. When came right. down to the Big East play, that's where they kind of, you know, they fell a little bit, but again, they were injured during the during the uh, during the season, and they got healthy and hot when it counted. Yeah, so I think listen, UConn does a great job. Gotta give credit to that entire staff. They get through the tournament. They won every game by double digits in route to their fifth national championship. But now, Johnson. With that being said, kind of let's look towards toward you know into next season, trying to figure out who maybe could potentially pull off a 2024 national championship victory. Obviously, it's really tough to tell because we don't know what the transfer portal is going to entail, how the recruiting stages are going to be. So it's really tough right now at the current moment to maybe pick a team for a national championship contender. But if there was one that you would want to pick for next season, who may that potentially be? 
Oh boy. Uh, so let's take a look at this year's tops teams first. The the, the top. Uh, let's say the top ten the top this odds. year. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say from this past season, right? Yeah. Alabama, you're losing uh, probably the best Miller's draft be prospect gone. ever, or not ever, but in in this year, in, in this uh, current, um, in this current at least NCAA. Um, yeah, he's gonna be a top three pick. He's he's gone. Yeah. Uh, Kansas. Interesting pick. You're losing a couple uh graduating se- seniors. You're losing a couple Dick freshmen. Is gone right. Yep, he's gone. Gone. Yeah. He's gonna go to the draft. So interesting pick, but they do return a lot. Uh, sleeper picks. Duke, who made a very sneaky run towards the end there. They're gonna bring back a lot. Uh, this is gonna sound really unpopular, but I, this Kentucky recruiting class is giving me Anthony Davis Kentucky vibes. I, I don't know. It, yeah. I, like I know they didn't win one either, but when Calipari first got into town and they got Boogie Cousins and John Wall and that entire team, I, I don't know if you've seen Kentucky's recruiting class, but my God, it is, if there's it is one something guy to behold. That, if there's one guy that you know and trust to get recruits to your school, it's John Calipari. He does a great job of doing that. And I don't intend to disagree. I think if you had to pick a team that you could say potentially could win it all, it could probably be Kentucky. They just have a good amount of competition in the SEC, which kind of worries me. But if they can get past that competition in the SEC, you're absolutely right. They will I be a contender. They are top dog this year. And this is why. Odds-wise, they are the favorite for the SEC-wise. Yes, for the SEC, they are. But they're not yeah. favorites overall. I think they're like fifth or sixth I on think the they're list. The, they're from the, uh, from, so from the Caesar Sportsbook odds that we have, they're the fifth best team odds-wise. So this is why. Uh, the number one recruit in the play uh, in the nation is going to USC. No disrespect to USC, but you'll make the tournament, but you're not going to make that deep run. Yeah, next they year. were a seven. They were a ten seed actually this year, and they yeah, lost. So you'll be fine. Up. You'll you'll get a five or six seed. You're maybe sweet uh, uh, sneak into the Sweet Sixteen, but you're not going to the Final Four. USC. That's number. One, that's where the number one recruit in the, in the nation's going. Right. Uh, the number five recruit is going pro. Which stings for Kansas because he's a native guy in Kansas, plays in Wichita, would have been a perfect fit there. Six nine small forward, great. The next three recruits, numbers two, three, and four, all committed to Kentucky. The number, uh, the number one small forward, the best combo guard, the best center, all going to all going to Kentucky, and the number two point guard in the nation. Uh, also going to Kentucky, and the number one is going to USC. So, you, realistically, in the SCC, you have the number. Your starting five is going to have your backcourt's going to be the number two point guard, the number one combo guard, the number one small forward, the number one center. That's your starting five. And I don't know if Oscar Sheboy has any more eligibility yet. Could he come back for another season? I think he's done. I think is he's he done? done? Now. I could be wrong, but I think I feel like this was his last season. No, because he has the COVID year. Remember? Oh, right. That could he has maybe. he has the COVID year. So, so listen, to, I think that's something to monitor if he goes to the it draft. Is some, or not. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't think he's gonna go to the draft. He hasn't declared yet. If, he, if so, they get him back, that's huge. So you're telling me that you could have your starting five could be this year the number one two point guard, the number two shooting guard, the number of uh, the number one um small forward, the number one center, and you put. Probably, which would be my favorite for the Wooden Award next year, Oscar Sheboy, in at your five slot. Who's gonna outscore, out rebound, out defend that team? Right. So that's that's my early pick. 
Um, I also want to mention on Caesars a couple long shot picks. Oh no, I know uh, this. Oh, you know what I'm going with this. I know so the, all these that. are at plus four thousand odds, right? <laughs> so you have Tennessee, mm-hmm. great team this year. Yep. Texas, another great team. Yep. Michigan State, Baylor, mm-hmm. great. Gonzaga, mm-hmm. losing Drew Timmy. Yeah, heard, folks. Arkansas, another great team, almost stuck in the lead eight for a third straight year. They did. Kansas State almost made their first Final Four since the 1960s. North Carolina at plus five thousand. Um. Obviously, preseason number one uh, team in the country didn't work out this year. And the St. John's Red Storm at plus 4,000. And there it is. They were, asleep. they were officially a sleeper this year. I think you have to give them maybe. I mean, listen, I don't know if I would give them that many that good odds. But with Rick Pitino as your head coach, I mean, why not? This is all I'm going to say. There is one coach that uh, led UConn at halftime this year during the tournament. You know who it was? That was Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino, UConn. He was playing with Mac caliber players. So, yep. If he gets Big East caliber players, I could I see nothing wrong with that. I, it's obviously the transfer portal, long way to go. But hey, I love those odds as a Johnny. Yeah, I think if you're a St. John's fan, I mean, the series had the last couple of years have gone. I don't think you can. You could be. You pretty much are ecstatic that you're seeing odds like this going into a season, in which you know you're just trying to make the NCAA tournament because they haven't been there since the playing game couple years ago so but i guess they, they were getting those chances i mean that that's great but i guess to recap my th- way too early top 25 in i, I don't have a set list um right. i'm gonna include st john's at 25 just because rick patino i don't know if they get there but i'm gonna have I mean, him in there it will all depend on how he recruits and transfer portal i think because obviously a lot of the roster is going away so it's going to be his roster now to, to contend with. He's going to get be Joel Soriano 100... back, though. He's going to get Joel Soriano back. He's going to get Drissa Treor and Mohamed Keita as of right now. Brandon Gardner will be on campus. So if Brandon Gardner does commit, that's going to be a top 70 recruit for Rick Pitino. Uh, four-star power forward originally from the, uh, I think, from Georgia, now living in Queens. But going into the top 25, a couple teams I want to highlight. Uh, Marquette, UConn, Creighton. I think those could be the powerhouses of the Big East. All those teams should be preseason top 10 if the transfer portal goes their way. Uh, other teams filling out that top 10. Obviously, I'm going to have Kansas, UCLA, Duke, Kentucky, Arizona. I think that's a uh, that's a good top 10 to have. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely fair. I mean, it's really tough when you're picking these way too early picks for any any sport, especially for college basketball, because college basketball is one of the most un- uncertain things. Like you never know what's going to happen. The way this tournament went, y- you didn't really expect three out of the four teams to really make the final four. UConn was a team that you could have seen got in there, but with the bracket that they were in or the region, I should say they were, they were in, you didn't really know if they could get there or not, but now, it's I tough. Hope, I hope the NCAA realizes the committee realizes that their quad one win system is busted and stupid, and it elevates bad teams like Iowa State and Pittsburgh to get into the NCAA tournament. And they face each other in possibly the worst college basketball game I've ever watched in my entire life. Yeah, Iowa State put up, what, 35 points? They had one point throughout the first 10 minutes of the game. That's absolutely horrendous. Yeah, so Iowa State, oh, the Big 12 is so good. No, it's not. It's not good. The Big 12 is the most overrated conference every single year. It's like the Big 10. Big East, like I said, beginning of the year, going to be criminally under underrated. Uh, you go in the tournament, you can get three teams in Sweet 16. You can get two teams. In, I said two teams in the Elite Eight, but I think we only had the one. Yeah. 
regardless, we had the national championship this year. But Nick, give me your way too early national champion picks. Give me who you think is going to win the title or at least has a decent shot of. I'll give you who I think will could win the title. Who could? I like the Kentucky pick. I think that's a great idea because they they're going to be getting a lot of new players in, and they use if they get Sheepway back, they're probably a really good opportunity to pick them. I like Duke also in the sense of they're getting Tyrese Proctor back, and I think he's going to be huge for them. He's going to be potentially a lottery pick in 2024. So I think getting him alone will help the Blue Devils, and we know them. They're going to recruit really well as as Kentucky does. They're going to probably be in contention as well. So to not pick both of us have Kentucky, I'll just take Duke just to have not have like the same team. But I do like UConn too. I think they could get back there. It's just like you said earlier, it's really, really hard to repeat as national champions, especially in college basketball. So it would be interesting if Danny Hurley can get back there. It would be really tough if they do. So I like Duke, but here's my, I guess, beef with Duke. They have, I don't know if you've seen their recruiting class, but they have two uh, top 20 combo guards, right? 6'2 right. and 6'5. All right, so whatever. You put them both in the backcourt. Yeah. Whoever's a better ball handler and passer, he's the point guard, the better shooter. He'll be the shooting guard. I think Derek uh, Whitehead, and, they're losing, right? Is he going yes. to the draft? He is. I yeah, believe, yes, he, yes. But the problem is is their front court. They have three 6'8 power forwards in their class. I don't know how they're gonna play them. I don't really know John Shire's style style that great. You know, Coach K always always had that um, classic style. I don't know how he's gonna manage all three of these guys yeah. on, on the court at the same time. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I, I think like we said a lot, it really is gonna come down to how crazy will the transfer portal be. And how will these teams do the rest of the way recruiting-wise? Because if they do a great job, obviously they're going to be in contention to win a national championship. Kentucky's already done that. Duke, you know their history. They'll probably be in contention to get some really good recruits and bring some people in. And same with the other teams like UConn and Kansas. Kansas, I think, is another team that maybe could get back there just because Bill Self alone. You know he's going to be – He know he can coach anyone to getting to that point in the season. Um, if I had a sleeper team – I liked what Texas did last season, honestly. If they're able to build upon what they did last year, in this, especially in this tournament, I think the Longwoods could make a very sneaky run. I just feel like, I, I just don't know, because it's you're going to have that new head coach for the first full year. So it'd be interesting to see if that system is fully implemented into what he wants. You saw it last year for the most part. It looked really good on paper. I have to see what Texas does. But I, if I had to pick a long shot, Maybe the Longhorns could get it done. We'll have, I'll have to see about that, though. I don't know. I like the Longhorns, but I I want to like Texas, Texas. But as an A and M guy, yeah, you can't. I can't. I can't like Texas. No, that's fair. I, I do like they hired the right coach. Yeah, they 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 had to hire. You can't make a run like that. Get to the Elite Eight and all, pretty much almost get to the Final Four and not give the guy an extension. It just it's just not fair. Well, yeah, especially the whole Chris Beard situation. Yeah, yeah. Glad that uh, the assistant coach or the associate head coach is getting a fair shot. Yep. And that's that's to me, that's the wild card because he's had mixed results in the past. Yeah. But I don't know with the talent level at Texas, maybe it will be kind of mitigated. That's the uh, that's my that's where that's what worries me about it. But I think if you if players see what they did last season, especially in the tournament. They'll say to themselves, you know what? 
Texas won a Big 12 championship despite the interim head coach. They were steps away from getting to the Final Four. There may be stuff to build, you know, to fix and get to that stage where they can play for a national championship. But there's obviously some doubts due to the previous history. We'll have to see how this head coach deals with it. But if as long as Texas gets does what they did last season, they've got a good chance. They have a really good chance. We'll have to see. Absolutely. And I think the only thing we have left on our agenda is to announce the winner of our bracket challenge. Yeah. So with that being said, now it, it's tough, Johnson, because technically you and I did win, but we've already stated that if one of us on the All Gas No Breaks you know, show were to win it, we would not get the card. So therefore, the winner is going to be the third place winner in the standings, and that is going to be Sean Mulligan, who a former special guest we've had here on the All Gas No Breaks Sports Show. He'll actually be on our show in a couple weeks when we preview the NFL Draft. He is going to go home with the Mario Chalmers autograph card. So congratulations to Sean. And congratulations, Sean. I just want to point out how absurd this bracket was and how bad this tournament was. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> he had so he was the, this was the winning. So for record, I had eleven eighty. Nick had ten ten for his points, nice. and Sean had seven hundred for his points. He had UConn in the national championship game, but losing seventy eight seventy four to Purdue. But he still won the bracket challenge. And, so congratulations, and, Sean. And Purdue being the team that lost to a sixteen seed. Yep, that's that's just the perfect way to end the college basketball season, right? Yep, and uh, shout out to uh, Why Bother for the worst bracket in the uh, in, in the pool with 320 points. Uh, only had one team in the lead eight right, which was Gonzaga. And when it came to the Sweet 16, it had they had three teams right: uh, Kansas State, Alabama. Uh, I'm sorry, four teams: uh, Kansas and Gonzaga. So, shout out to them for the worst bracket. And I guess shout out to Sean uh, for winning our bracket winning, challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, hey, listen, a win's a, a win. win. Exactly, a win's a win. You'll take it no matter what you can get, despite where you are in the standings. So congratulations to Sean. He gets the Mario Chalmers card. And like I said earlier, Sean will be on the show once again, being our special guest as we recap. Well, I should say we will preview this year's NFL draft. Probably we might be doing our own mock draft. We'll have to see, talk about that a little bit, you know, during the next couple of weeks. NFL Drift is near upon us, but for now, this is the end of the college basketball season. We'll have to see how next season goes and who comes out on top as the national champion. But that is going to do it for the All Gas No Break Sports Show. The one shining moment has finally commenced. A national champion has been crowned in UConn. They get number five in their storied program history. We'll see if they can get number six next year and continue their long success for the years to come. Once again, this is Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.